0: Okay, the diet starts on Monday. I'll start tomorrow. One more cheat meal. How familiar does that sound to you? If you could take a pill to end your weight your weight struggle, would you do it? Even if there were some pretty damaging side effects, a lot of people have been doing that, taking Ozempic, which is actually a medication that's designed to treat diabetes. So what happens when people take it for weight loss? We're going to get into it right now with a family physician based in Toronto. Dr. Iris Gorfinkel is joining the show. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for making the time. Really appreciate getting your perspective on this.
1: I am so happy to help on this common topic that I'm so constantly being asked about. Go ahead.
0: I mean, first of all, the marketing. I mean, when you're watching a show that's coming from an American channel, I mean, we are all seeing ads for Ozempic and it has been very clever. There's been a lot of curiosity about what this is, what this pill is for, and a lot of people jumping on board taking it. So let's just talk first about what this is actually designed for. What is Ozempic meant to do and to treat?
1: So Ozempic is a treatment for diabetes. That's how it started out. Diabetes type 2, not type 1. And it basically imitates a hormone we have in our body. It works on the pancreas by triggering the release of insulin. But it also works on the stomach. It slows how quickly the stomach empties. It works on our brain by lowering appetite. It makes us feel poor. And so when they were doing the trials on treating diabetes, they saw something unexpected. People started losing weight. Now, it wasn't massive amounts of weight. We're talking about 15 16% over a one-and-a-half-year period. But still, that's way better than many other drugs had done in the past. So, of course, that caused a lot of excitement. You know, so so then they started saying, well, gosh, maybe we should be studying this for weight loss by itself. Mm -hmm.
0: Now, the small print, there's always the fine print. You're right. It does cause (laughs) side effects. (laughs) And and commonly, it sounds I mean, it sounds wonderful, right? I mean, you've got you've got slow, which would uh, slow weight loss, which would to me indicate that it's done in a fairly healthful way. I mean, it's doing things like making you feel a little bit fuller, maybe helping you change some of your eating habits. So, I mean, this sounds like it's too good to be true. And it seems like that's actually the case.
1: Well, it's not that it's too good to be true. Actually, the numbers are looking really good at this point. Like it does look promising. But let's take a look at that fine print. Heartburn, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, constipation, um, rarely inflammation of the pancreas, gallstones, and sometimes the blood sugar can go too low. But basically understand that in diabetics who have heart disease or who don't, it does reduce the risk of heart attack. It reduces the risk of stroke. So this is really exciting stuff. But the problem is it's being used widely in individuals who may not need it. So Health Canada has approved it for weight loss. Actually, they've approved it in a different form, but still it's approved for weight loss. In individuals with a, who are obese, that means their body mass index has to be at least 30. Don't know what your body mass index is. That's easy to do. All you have to do is put in your height and weight on a calculator, and it'll tell you. But if you're, di- if you're not diabetic and just overweight, and the weight is the BMI is 27 or higher, it's also approved as long as you have some other condition that's weight-related. For example, high blood pressure, high cholesterol. These are things that would warrant therapy. But right now, it really does look quite promising. The problem is. In my practice, I've got all kinds of people who want to take it simply for weight loss and they have no other issues. Hmm. And those individuals do not qualify.
0: So what does it feel like to actually take it? Because I've heard that it can make you quite sick. I mean, is this something that, that, you're, that you really want to be on? And how long are people taking it for?
1: So this is it. In order to get that benefit, it, it's a long-term treatment. It's not like people drop 15% of their weight instantly. Understand, in the trials, it took about a year and a half for them to take off about 15 to 16% of their weight. So that's a pretty good amount. But the problem is when they stopped the drug, what happened? Most of that weight came back. So that's a serious problem. You so know, so it's, it's imitating a hormone, and it's giving that hormone in much higher concentrations than our body normally makes it. So when that hormone is now withdrawn, the problem is people tend to gain the weight back, and people who lost the most weight tend
0: to, tend to gain it the fastest. So, it, I mean, what is the risk to then just being on it for the rest of your life? We don't know. Hmm. <laughs> and, and,
1: you know, here I hang my head in shame. And I say that for the medical profession, because when it comes to the history of weight loss drugs, we have been slammed time and time again. And it's not that we're slammed on common things. We're, we're slammed on the uncommon things when large populations start to use it. I'm proud that Canada has, has, has dragged its feet. We're not, we're not so quick on this but in the United States it's rapidly becoming the drug of choice. Hmm. You know, in fact the American Diabetes Association is calling it first line, first line. And what are we saying the Canadian Diabetes Association wisely says, wait a second. We're not we're not we're not recommending this as first line. So in Canada even for diabetics it's not a first line drug, met metformin you know, so that's what we're generally prescribing. And take a look at the cost difference. 10 bucks a month for Metformin versus $250 a month for Ozempic. Well, that's quite a cost difference as well. Yeah, we but I that. I
0: wonder if that's going to then incite some some copycats to to create something that's similar to this. I mean, now it's it's out there. It would seem that it would be available to try to to try to imitate in some way. Uh, I, Doctor, I've got a few more questions for you, but we do have to take just a little break. So hang on the line. We're going to get back into this conversation talking about Ozempic, even though it's getting a ton of social media buzz and a lot of attention, even celebrity endorsement. It's not necessarily a quick fix weight loss solution. We're going to get back into it with Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, a physician based in Toronto. Chelsea Chad continues in three minutes. We're talking about Ozempic. I'm sure that you've seen the ads. You've seen some of the social media buzz talking about how this could be just an absolute miracle when it comes to weight loss. But is it? Does it potentially pose some side effects? Or maybe is it misleading that you can't just take it uh, for cosmetic weight loss, as we're learning about right now with our guest, who's a family physician in Toronto, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Thank you so much for waiting on the line. Really appreciate it. Uh, happy to help. I'm wondering if all of this marketing around Ozempic just glamorizes diet and weight loss culture to to a level that could be a, a little unhealthy. Uh, and when it comes to our relationship with it, I mean, we're likely going to see copycat versions of Ozempic, are we not?
1: What What's so concerning? Well, no, we're not going to see copycats exactly. You would think, oh, you know, at 250 bucks a month. You know, do the math. That's like 25, over $2,500 a year, right? So you would think that would invite all kinds of generics. But the fact is they've got a Novo Nordisk, which is the company that makes it. They pretty much have a hold on the market because they have it patented. See, they, they've done the research, so now they get the benefit of the patent, which goes on for many, many years. Mm. So perhaps we'll see some copycat like drugs. We are seeing a few, but so far, Ozempic is like somebody, you know, this particular chemical is number one in terms of the weight loss it causes. But again, the fine print doesn't cause weight loss in absolutely everybody who takes it? Answer, it does not. In fact, on average, about two and a half people have to be treated. In order for one to see that kind of weight loss, you know, so you're not talking about a guarantee of weight loss. And the second thing is, you're absolutely right when you say, "Wait a second, what's wrong with our culture that everybody is reaching for a drug, even if it is a hormone that naturally occurs? It's occurring, you know, it's being given at a much higher dose than our body would naturally make this." And and I think you're you're nailing it. Because obesity is a biopsychosocial problem. It is not a question of an ozempic shortage in the body. That's not what's happening. You know, we as human beings overeat for many reasons, and those reasons need to be addressed. If I'm feeling depressed or anxious, is my treatment really ozempic? Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm fighting other battles that I'm treating because eating Hagen dazs makes me feel good right now in the moment. Is that really my therapy? You know, so so this leads to much greater questions. You know, obesity still has to be approached, you know, for all of its nuances. And there are individuals who don't want to be treated, who don't want to be told, who are sick and tired of the messaging that our bodies have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I'll share with you. I see naked people all day, every day, and I see very few who look like the models that we're still shown now. So we've got a long way to go in understanding what the human body truly is and is not.
0: Yeah, I think that there has been uh, significant strides when it comes to normalizing many different types of bodies. But this marketing seems like it just it goes uh, right back to that idea that it has to it has to look a certain way and you have to attain a certain size or be smaller than you are uh, because of, uh, you know, because you'll, you'll live a happier life, which is sort of what the marketing suggests based on based on what it's we've seen with those. It's the same epic.
1: marketing that we see for smoking. Mm-hmm. It's the same marketing we see in alcohol. You know the conflation of issues. Yeah, is, is alcohol, we know alcohol is a top carcinogen worldwide. And what do the ads show? New Nubile, sexual people who are successful in socializing. And again, a conflation of different things. You know, so first line treatment for diabetes, first line treatment for obesity, let's hold on to those tent poles of wellness and not forget what they are. Exercise, diet, stress management, healthy sleep, stopping smoking and alcohol, like talk about low-lying fruit. That's hmm. what we want to aim for. And what's interesting is that when we aim for that, we're talking about holistic care. We're talking about care that, you know, how many people do we need to treat when we do those things right? Answer
0: one. Right. It doesn't really make and a we're lot of money. we treating
1: you and you're going to get benefit from that.
0: <laughs> Dr. Grofengel, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate you sharing your perspective on this. Many thanks. It's always a pleasure. That's Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, a family physician in Toronto, talking about Ozempic.